Today I'm joined by the lovely Rebecca Figueres. And actually, um, I know her, her two sisters. Now she's telling me she's got a brother. He's the one I know the least. I don't really know her brother. But a very quirky family, full of life. Your mom is full of life. She teaches how to drive cars. She's a driving instructor, I should say. And the three of you are, are just very quirky, always doing something. Because I know Lizanne more from GBC. Yeah. Um, but Charlene, I see a lot on social media. Yet when I when I thought about the youth service, because I know you work with your sister, and we're gonna, I'm gonna. That's one of my questions. Um, I thought, well, I want to, the one I know the least is Rebecca. So here you are, Rebecca. It's lovely to have you at home. Uh, Rebecca Figueras works for the Gibraltar Youth Service. I don't know much about what you do. Hi, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Tell me, I, I was reading today your website. It says the Youth Service connects connects with young people through personal and social learning opportunities that enable them to achieve their full potential. So basically, you're getting the youth of Gibraltar to live their best life. Exactly that. And I really think that we do achieve um, what our mission statement sets out to do. Yes, the youth service is is fantastic. I mean, I absolutely love my job. Uh, but I, we always love to take the opportunity to educate the public of what youth work actually is. There's a very big mystery sometimes times behind the work that we do because people see us in the youth clubs and you know um, practicing in the youth club setting but there is a method to the mayhem and youth workers are, are licensed practitioners there's actual an, an actual license behind the work that we do so you all have to be qualified really you can't yes. just if, if you want to work in a full-time capacity yes we do have a cohort a fantastic cohort of about 25 people wow uh, that's a lot support. of people yeah. i never thought yeah that's we have a full-time team of eight staff members and that is supported by a group of 25 people that support the work that we do in the community in the youth clubs in the evenings when we open for young people yeah okay so i wanted to know that how many in your team was my next question so yeah so basically you have somebody who like the boss kind of thing who's mark who you were telling me before yeah, mark is the principal youth officer and then it's um charlene and myself in senior positions and we have a, a team of five full-time um youth and community workers and they all, are all who've been a all who've been away to study and completely and they are the club managers and they they manage each a youth club and there is where they build a team in conjunction with the people that are in a complement that are youth support workers so what they do is that they open the doors to the public they um, they provide social and informal educational opportunities for young people in the community we have a variety of different ages that we cater for so Perhaps um, each day is a different age range and they have a different curriculum that they lay out for, for young people. But youth work is is a process and it's mm. a partnership approach with the young people that come to our services. What does that mean? They come mm. and they engage in a voluntary capacity. So the program they that we put on for them is a collaboration always consulting with them what they want us to put on for them with them the the, the children that come yes so how old are these children what from what age do they do we they come cater, to we cater for ages seven and upwards okay seven up to 30 year olds so 30 year olds yes yes because 30 year olds are not children i know but we have a program called the mingle which is a specific program for people in the community that have slight to more severe learning difficulties oh, and that I is see. a bespoke program for them 
I see. Yeah. Gosh, it's very interesting yeah. because I know I've sp spoken to quite a few people and people complain that there's nothing here for the youth. Um, if you ask my daughter, for example, who's about to go to study, hopefully if she passes on Thursday, yeah. um, she'll say, Mom, there's, there's really nothing going on here. And then I talk to friends of mine who have um, children with learning difficulty. Oh, there's nothing for them to do. But actually there is things for them to do. From I, what, from I what would, you're telling me. I would definitely say that there is a lot of things um, for young people, but they're all supervised. Perhaps mm -hmm. when people complain that there's nothing for young people to do, it's maybe in an unsupervised capacity. Okay. So we have yeah. services for okay. young people in the community and we have four different youth clubs. We actually provide a maximum of 40 hours of youth work provision per week. That's a lot. Per youth club? Conjunction, in conjunction with, okay. with everything. And, so, and there's you know, four youth clubs? Four different youth clubs, yeah. Wow. Well, are the children that come to you, um, do they have issues or uh, uh, any child can come to you? Any child can come to our provision. Um, I suppose that the average person that comes to us, they come for different reasons and sometimes it's very private to them. Sometimes they come because they have a relationship of trust with a youth worker. Sometimes they go because their peers go or mm. sometimes they, they go just because of the project. So the, <laughs> the, the whys is very personal. Sometimes they're vocal about it as to why they come and sometimes they don't. So it's, it's, you know, that's the magic of youth work. You f never fully know, but yes. you know that you have a client group. Yes, which is makes it all worthwhile, no? Mm. Um, what about the schools? Do the schools get involved? So, so I mean, you. If I always think of the eighties when I was growing up. Uh, the eighties, it was when it all started. The movement of of, of clubs and yeah. um, after school clubs and all that. That's how all. Um, I, I'd never went, but I know a lot of people who used to go. They had like a religious thing here in Jib as well, CLM or something where people yeah, do like. I a, remember the CLM. Yeah. Um, but then it was religious, so not everybody would maybe want to go there. Uh, but uh, I'm glad it's still going on. Is it still as vibrant as it was in the 80s in those days? I mean, do people, you know, come to you? If I would compare the youth service back in the day in the 80s and the 90s as to what we have now, we have moved on a, a lot in into more professional practices. You know, uh, working with children is very sophisticated nowadays. Now we have child protection, we have mm. safeguarding training. Gosh, There's yes, a lot of um, bureaucracy around working with children nowadays. Uh, I, I don't I wouldn't say that there, that wasn't in place then. But I think that um, we have more a more transparent, informal educational curriculum behind the work that we do now. So mm. there's a lot more information out there as mm. to what we do and why we do it, where perhaps before it was a very much of a leisure setup. And leisure is good and there's a place for leisure and we have a lot of leisure during the summer. But then we kind of like kick start into a more informal educational curriculum throughout the year. Okay, so you, you're doing lessons with them? No, no, no. These, when we talk about social education and informal education, we talk about issues that um, young people feel that are relevant and important to them, and we try to bring the information to them in a fun way that is engaging and that right. they want to take part in. This is all after school. This is all after school. We provide um, youth club sessions uh, sometimes at four, four thirty, five p.m. onwards. It just depends on the time of year. In the summer we open later and in the winter we open earlier. So the youth club opens after school hours right? and we provide a safe space for young people to come and engage during those hours. So those are the hours that you work? Yep, yep. 
Yeah. Those are your working hours in I the work, evening, yeah, afternoon, yeah. evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Youth work is very much evening work, although there are pockets that sometimes we might provide Saturday work during the day or even when we go on residentials and to trips abroad, which is mm. a part that we love to do. See, I'm going to ask yeah. you more about what you actually do. Um, so I was asking before the schools, do the schools get involved with you? The, the schools get involved in the way that, uh, in, uh, in the manner that they know what we provide and sometimes we have had phone calls from teachers that um, have actually thought about a student in particular that mm. perhaps that, that they would love to engage or thrive in one of the projects that we have. So they have information about the youth service and sometimes we get referrals or sometimes they call us because they want a little bit more information about something that we're running. But we have a very good um, understanding and set up with education department. Yeah. So that was good. that's my next question. Um, I'm, I suppose you have support. I mean, you're a government-funded organisation. Completely. Yeah. Um, but you have support from the government and other departments um, to help you do what you do. Yeah, because even though we are um, youth workers and we're licensed personnel, we are also civil servants. Yeah. And uh, perhaps in the last five or six years where I've noticed uh, personally um, a rise more towards more connectivity with government departments, um, a lot of the systems are got much going now online line we have to use a government portal and interact with it with much more frequency so i i feel now more than ever more part of the civil service than ever mm. is that good and that is good yeah because we use hr mm. to hire new personnel mm. uh, we have good working arrangements with different government departments that so it's it, more regulated and it's it's, it's, it's more, more it's transparent in the sense that you, you know there's a process there's a process for That's everything really important so yeah. now we use hr to hire new people we use um you know all the systems that are in place in government yeah which is great it's great yeah. um tell me something do you work with local businesses and create initiatives we Things have like sometimes um needed for example funding and we have pitched residential opportunities to local businesses so that they can maybe finance a part of it. So that has happened before. Well, why is that? Because you don't have enough funds yourselves to do what you want to do? Well, or because you want to take kids away or what we do for example we we're going um now this week we're going to a U to the uk there's a group of young people from the dolphins youth club that are teenagers and they're very prepared for a residential abroad so they are going to be going to the uk but what we try and do is so that we are not seen as a travel agency and we're more okay. a service that builds people we try and have a curriculum whereby they earn their place to go on a residential and we try and get them engaged in doing a service to the community and that might be fundraising for a charitable organization okay. or, or sometimes a local business can come in and maybe they want to do a workshop with the young people uh, around any any theme that is relevant so we try and have a varied program whereby government pays a portion of the of the residential but also the young people are giving of their time mm. towards service and mm. building building them as individuals to be able to really earn their place and to feel that it's it's a worthwhile thing to get into. And you're talking about residentials. Tell me, um, what exactly do you do? So tell me like a typical day. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we have done residentials in Spain for many, many years. One, because it's very practical for us. Um, two, because it's it's relatively well-priced and, and what we... Close by. And, com completely. Yeah. And if anything happens, if we need to bring a child mm. back because of illness, illness, or, uh, illness or whatever, nearby. it's very practical. Yeah. Also, um, we are very much a lover of the outdoors, um, outdoor education. So we have used 
facilities in Spain where of they offer canoeing, they offer archery, they offer mountain biking, you know, mm. and a range of different opportunities. So when we take kids on residentials, it's it's very exciting for them apart from the fact that it's exciting for the young people themselves the team are very longing you know to get involved in, in things like this so we we take them to residentials they can share bedrooms with their friends they have a um, a schedule of events that they have to adhere to and they, you know and we, that's all paid for by yourselves well they we, the, each child would contribute we also ask them to give a small percentage as mm. a participant's contribution because because we have to be realistic and yeah, there's a price money, attached yeah, course, to everything. So even though that the government partly funds part of the trips, we get them to also, you know, pay. And pay what, do they, what do you do here in your Lying Wall Road um, offices or yeah. space that yeah. you have? We have the youth office space in Linewall Road and there is where we have team meetings. That is where we do all the administrative procedures towards the youth work that we run. We um, have meetings with different agencies. We have to check our emails. We have to look all at the admin stuff. all the admin stuff. So you do it all there, but that's not where you see um, children. No. no. We then um, go to the youth clubs right. in the evening. So we work oh, during office hours in our base and then the oh. workers go to their locations to deliver the youth work provision. I understand. So the children go to the youth Yeah, yeah. Not, to, youth the, not to the office, although yes. at times they have come to the office if they need something oh, yeah, from yeah. us. Yeah. But the base is very much where the full-time team work from mm. and where we prepare all the youth work for the service and where you all for example discuss projects and Everything. things yeah. ideas yeah, yeah. who comes up with ideas and who how do you work how do you decide who does what actually i do need to say that um charlene is very much of the plant innovator she loves to come up she's with concepts. always doing yeah, yeah, really yeah, cool yeah. things she she is uh, the creative thinker in the team and she comes up many, many times with the concept, mm. but obviously the the team have to buy into the concept. So or she not. has to yes, uh, yes. put, so put the concept to, like across, sell it to but you. sell it, sell it yeah, to the yeah, other yeah. Um, team players. Yeah, um, she is very much of the creative thinker and the one that comes up with lots of the concepts mm. in in the provision. Although. The team also know their clientele very, very well, and they yeah. would also come up with very relevant um, projects to get into because they know their client group in and out. So different youth clubs, depending on where you live. So the child that lives in the South District wouldn't go to, for example, Lag the Laguna Youth we, Club We do or have whatever. migration. It's you do very, have migration? Yes, 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 because... Um, because Abdul, their friends maybe go there or... Completely. Abdul is the lead worker at the moment in Dolphins Youth Club, and he, even though he has a lot of kids that come from that neighbourhood... There are kids from Laguna Youth Club that may be Come fancy over. going mm. to the Dolphins that day. So we're, we've got an open door policy and, and you can yeah, go. Even, can even go. though you live in a different area, you're it allowed to matter. go. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. do different things in the four or, uh, youth clubs? Or? We, we do sometimes the same, sometimes different. It okay. just depends. But, but the majority of our responses are looking at the needs of the young people that attend the club and yeah. responding to those needs and packaging it into youth work provision. So you're talking to the kids the whole time. We're talking to them. what they want do from it, it, no? Yeah, completely. We, we, the youth workers, they talk to the kids. They, they find out what they want. Sometimes what you want and what you need are very different. So mm. sometimes we have to unpack all that. And, yeah. you know, it's, um, it's getting them 
to understand that we have to put on a variety of different educational opportunities that sometimes will be good for them, even though maybe they half-heartedly are sold into it. But but we we strike a good balance of fun and informal education. That's really good. Um, I was asking you before about the situation in Jib right now. Um, generally, what do you think? The situation How, in Jib how's right the now? youth in Jib right we now? We are fully subscribed which is great. You know, I think that the the youth clubs, ever since we fully opened after the pandemic, we've had massive numbers of, of young people attending the clubs. Sometimes we do feel that perhaps it's because people have less disposable cash to mm. perhaps travel into Spain or elsewhere. So we are seeing the clubs fully subscribed, yeah. which is excellent. Hi, I'm Rebecca Figueras and I work for the Gibraltar Youth Service. We deliver a range of educational and informal educational opportunities for youth clubs here in Jib. Please check us out on youth.gi and you can see the four youth clubs that we run, Plata, Dolphins, Laguna and the Youth Centre situated in Linewall Road. You can get in touch with us directly on our website www.youth.gi or on Instagram and on Facebook, youth.gi. And in general, in Jib, Rebecca, I mean, do you have your finger on the pulse on what the kids are doing and, you know, situations, issues that they're having? I would say that we definitely have our finger on the pulse with the young people that are our regular youth work users. Um, perhaps there are pockets out there in the community of young people that I don't access because they have never come across us before. That mm. can also happen. The the young person that comes to us is because they want to. Mm. You can't so make anybody do that. Completely. Completely. Yeah. It's a voluntary relationship. Yeah, but the more you're out there, the more you put yourselves out there, they, then the better. No, I suppose of course. And, can... and I suppose that um, the young person that comes to a provision, there is no stereotype. Yeah. Before, perhaps, we would tap into a very, very challenging client group. Mm. But now I think our client group is from all walks of life and very diverse. So we are definitely a service for young people mm. from all walks of life. What's the ratio of boys and girls? Is it equal now? I would say that perhaps a little bit more male to female, a little bit. But we do have very, you know, very good ratios of, of girls as well. And that's good. But... But we do have a very good equal gendered balance in in our team. So mm. that is good because the young people can see that there is, you know, and very equal mm, mm. male to female you, you, share. Obviously, you teach them about inclusivity and, and um, what about um, sustainability and all that. Good, good that, point, the a, sustainability. Is, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, um, we have a couple of different things that we do around sustainability. Because it's a sustainability issue, you know, you have to break it down into so many different things. Mm. For for me, when I talk about sustainability, it can mean many different things in many different contexts. When we talk about, for example, fashion sustainability and, you know, mm. not overbuying and recycling yeah, and things like that. We have a very interesting um, program called Rock Thrifters, whereby we encourage oh, young people to, yeah, to buy pre-loved instead yes. of buying from high street and shop. you do that now and again we do that now you and again you should do it more I know I know I love because that program so many young people yeah. just go and buy clothes I know I, I mean know. it's such an old fashioned way of thinking of looking at it and of I think that you know the pre-loved um, 
pre-loved clothing. It's it's so trendy to to yeah. buy pre-loved at the moment. I, I think social media yeah. has had a massive impact in making it look good and yes, relevant. Yes, that's one of the good things of social yes, media. completely, I agree. Yeah. How do you empower kids? How do you um, make them feel like they're part of the society and, and they have to, you know, well, I, I think that they feel a lot of warmth in the provision when they come. I think they feel that they have a place there. They feel safe. They can open up and, and talk to the workers. Do you feel that a lot of kids nowadays feel entitled, act entitled? But I see out of my window, I live here on Main Street, hence the noise in the background. And I'm seeing disrespect from youth every single day, sometimes at night, you know, they crash into the bins, they throw things at win windows of shops. And we've once or twice shouted at them out the window, what are you doing? You know, stop doing And they swear at us back. It happens a Crazy. lot. Yeah. Um, they, and then, you know, they f sometimes you they bump into you, they don't say sorry. My immediate thing is to say sorry, even whether I, it's my fault or not. That doesn't happen so much anymore. W w why do you think that is? The language isn't as prevalent as, as it used to be. I, I suppose that there are so many things that you can do uh, in a family setup with children, no, it's like encouraging them to clean up after themselves yeah. and encouraging them to take part in in household chores. That and a hundred and one other, ex you know, examples, I guess. Uh, but I think the language has to be there because if if you don't lead by example as well mm. as an adult, the kids are sponges and they will completely mimic what what the adults are doing. Mm. So I think that the examples have to be seen in the home environment and they need to be carried on through and, and there has to be consistency with that. What do you need to make what you're doing work? What do I need? We need people that have endurance because youth work is not difficult. But what is difficult is the timetable, the schedule, the hours that we operate. That can lead to a little bit of burnout if you don't take care of yourself. So what you need is actually self-care routines, self-care uh, moments throughout your week because you can achieve a lifelong job in youth work but you really need to pace yourself because it can get you down it can get you down it can get you uh just burnt out the yeah. sheer nature of the operational hours that we work is is not what other people you know not a, what a lot of other people do you know a lot of people have nine to fives even nine to six but but we operate very different hours so you do need to take care of yourself you need to have that mind, mind body soul balance you need to when you're on annual leave disconnect properly mm. uh, and that is all part of boundary setting and and having good rituals that take care of you so that's what you look for when you're employing people i suppose when we're employing people, we are very, very open and honest and we tell them all the time, youth work is not difficult, but the operational hours that we function are could be difficult for some people. Yeah. So that we're very Especially open. Especially if you and have honest. a family course, and all that. Course. If it's... you want to manage everything, yes. you have to be very aware of what you're getting into because this is not your regular nine to five at all. Yeah. Wow, it's quite something. <laughs> yeah. what, what do you do to chill? What do I do? I... Well, no, we've been having a chat <laughs> now that you're all loved up. And what I shouldn't really mention, but, but you don't mind. No, and I think not. it's a good idea. I mean, the fact that you met your partner on Tinder. I mean, you hear about Tinder and you think, oh my God, she's on Tinder. I, I, I've never looked even, I know what, how it works. But, um, 
and y- you were telling me you just opened up the 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 why the, the radius, the radius. Yes, yes. Funny, i mean no? it's a brilliant story <laughs> yeah, rebecca yeah. because he seems like a very nice man from what you're saying Thank you. yeah and you're very happy yeah i um uh, would you recommend to one of your youth people to go on tinder I think you need to be of the appropriate age and you need to be emotionally prepared for mm. for the game because it it can be a game but um definitely it's just another avenue Michelle to meet people in the same way that people would dress up or, or do dress up and go out and have a couple of drinks and hang out with their friends and with the hope of meeting someone uh Tinder's just another avenue and uh, I suppose that there are other apps for mm. dating as well mm. um but your story's worked out my my story has worked out and it's it's i actually think it's it's quite an interesting story because i was uh, in tarifa one day four years ago with uh, a couple of friends and i opened up the radius to be able to have a, a larger reach so i swiped with my boyfriend um and he was in seville visiting his mom because he is actually colombian but he's got british status okay and he was living in Colombia at the time but visiting his mother on holiday in Seville so I swiped with him two or three days later we got chatting and uh, he came down to Gibraltar to meet me 48 hours later we were in love he went back no. to Colombia <laughs> he packed his bags and wow. he came to to live in Jib wow. as easy as so that. he is Super your easy. biggest distraction from this job <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of them. One of yeah. them. When the good thing about uh, Giancarlo is that he's uh, bilingual, so he speaks English and Spanish perfectly, and we have a lot and in common. And you like the same things. We like the same things. We we both don't have children, yeah. so we have a lot of free time to travel. So you've got a very good work-life balance, which is, you know, really important when you're working on such an incre- with with you know doing such an important thing yeah and yeah. working with young people young people yeah because yeah. you need to be in the right frame of mind yourself to be able to completely, deal with young completely people. and and we are humans aren't robots you know we yeah. all have life is not um linear we all have our moments you know of being more energized less energized you know but i am very much a firm believer of rocking up and doing the best that i can do you know muy chapalante i go to the office even I'm, though i'm having a regular day or, mm. or I'm not 100% myself that day and I will be there I just say muy solida you know I go to work and mm. maybe I'm not functioning at 100% capacity but I'm 90% there. there how long have you worked at the youth service I have just done my 20 year work anniversary this wow, year congrats yeah. incredible 20 years 20 years yeah that's a long time yeah. where did you study Rebecca? I studied in Leeds Metropolitan University okay. it was an excellent place to study Leeds was amazing oh, the, the, course, yeah. the course was excellent yeah And are you looking for volunteers? We are sometimes on the lookout for volunteers depending on the workload that we have, but we have just recently completed a cohort of people want, uh, that have just completed the introduction to youth work course, which is the course that we run locally between Charlene and myself and we train up people to volunteer and do the youth work course and then upon successful completion of that um course they have opportunities to apply to become a youth support worker for the okay. team so we are hopefully now in september going to be launching some vacancies for the people that have just completed that youth work and this course. is all voluntary work obviously this is all voluntary up until the time where you have just completed panel and you've successfully completed the training and then you will be able to apply to do paid work for for the service and 
Would you say it is very rewarding? What is the best thing about your job? I think it's uh, very, very rewarding. I think that people that are with us in the team are very happy because they learn not only from the young people, but from the team as well. And uh, I think we have a happy vibe in the service. Yeah. And what are the negatives? The negatives could be uh, that sometimes... Burnout, like you said before. Burnout is an angle. The young people can be very, very challenging as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, the limitations of our remit, Michelle, because we are a service that engage with young people in the community, but we have remits and boundaries. We are there to provide social educational opportunities. And there, sometimes you come across young people that need more specific and robust help and intervention, signposting them to different agencies and how quickly other agencies can pick them up is another issue that I really cannot comment on. But, yeah. you know, some people have very, very specific needs and, no? and sophisticated mm. needs. Mm. I can I, I can understand that. Um, we were talking about you're working with your sister. Um, is that um, obviously put a big <laughs> smile on your face so you work well with her and it works yeah. I mean sometimes they say you know you shouldn't work with family yeah but this works well you've got a good dynamic yeah I actually studied youth work a little bit before her uh, she qualified first in social work but then she um, did a bit of a sideways move and did the masters in youth work to qualify as a youth and community worker and I remember at the time when the job came up and Charlene applied Jimmy Felices who was my uh, boss at the time yes. he did get a call from HR you know asking him would this be a conflict of interest you know would this be managed okay in the department and obviously he said that that would be well managed Fine. with the team and Charlene even though she's my sister we do we are very different even though we are very similar and we have very similar likes and um, aspirations we are very different in the way that we work so we have a very good balance because Mark as a principal youth officer he's very good at managing us both and we sometimes like come to together the three of us with our joint approaches on how we want to proceed fantastic it's 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 all sounds like like you're you're really selling it well because honestly i didn't know much about the youth service like many people probably who are listening to this talk probably don't know much about the youth service and and they think oh maybe i should send my kid on or, or you know there's a little bit of a stigma stigma with youth work is like the the ruffians are the ones that go there no a little I, bit I or the ones that, that are a little bit well definitely wayward. my my experience growing up was that I didn't see a lot of um, relationship, perhaps, between the youth workers and the young people. The, it was very different. It was very casual. The, the social climate at the time was very different. Gibraltar was very different at the time. You know, this was the 90s when mm. I used to go fleetingly to youth work provision. But now there is a lot more open agenda, open and transparent way of working. And there is a lot more communication between the youth workers and the parents and the children. Yeah. That wasn't so much the case before i think that we are more sophisticated and no. more transparent in the way that we work definitely. okay tell me something what are your up and coming projects in the next kind of year what's the what do you, what do you what's happening well um now in september we have um 
a show called Time to Shine, which is a little sort of like patio show that we do in Montague Bastion Complex. And we showcase all the different projects that the kids have been involved in throughout the summer. And uh, they are very responsible for putting on the show. So they are managing it. They are responsible for the acts that are going to be on it. And they, they organize absolutely everything in conjunction with the workers. So we have Time to Shine. I think it's happening on Thursday, the 8th of September. Okay. So people are, are you know, um, invited to come to that if they want to. But um, we're very excited to take part in the Cavalgade again th this year because oh, it's been stopped for two years. Yes. And we always partake in that. We've done it forever. And yes. for us, it's it's a fun thing to be involved in at a community level. So can you secrets? Can you tell us? <laughs> was it all very hush-hush what, you're, what we, floats we you're doing? We still don't know the theme because we have to engage young people into participating into the what theme they want. Okay. But we don't know yet. <laughs> okay. Um, and what's next for you personally? Well, personally, um, <clears throat> I've been on a master's in wow. the Gibraltar University for one year and I'm now coming up to my second year. I'm doing a master's uh, part-time study. In what? In management and leadership. But okay. it comes from the business school. So it's a very different approach to what I know and I am familiar with. So I'm absolutely loving it because it gives me so many different avenues to, to think of. And I'm, I'm just, you know, a very keen learner. You know, uh, during COVID, I thought it was a perfect time to get involved in studying something and yeah. saving money. <laughs> I was able to do the saving money, but I didn't have the bandwidth to, to study. But now I've felt much more um, capable of going into education again. And it's been a challenge, Michelle, because studying after 20 years Oof. is like, I don't know oh, if I'd be able wow. To do it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. See, see, I'm learning a lot. You're always doing, you're always doing cooking something up i'm, I'm like that I'm very as well. active my mind is very active and um i just love getting involved in different things yeah okay so we've more or less um finished now but i want to know <laughs> who do you look up to wow um there are so many people i look up to uh i look up to all the workers in the service because they have so much passion and drive and and they're in it for the long haul so they inspire me a lot um, locally, I am very inspired by females in the education system. I think they are so great and they fight so much for, for the students. So I think we have great educators in Gibraltar. Yeah. Um, also, I'm inspired by a lot of people that do things like on Instagram, on, on the online platforms. I, I love a sex therapist called Esther Perel. I follow her very closely. I think she does marvelous work. And okay. she, she's really, really inspiring. Brene Brown, she's a qualified social worker and she talks a lot about guilt. And, and these people, they just bring so, so many interesting, um, different topics that have never been really explored into the limelight. I love that. So you're reading a lot. I read a lot. I, I, I look at, um, all the podcasts online as well. And uh, yeah, I follow yeah. I follow them on Instagram. Well, I'm I'm in awe of your work, Thank and you. I'm really glad we covered this, and um, you, we Michelle. got a bit of the youth. Dot GI out there. Yes. So thank you so much for being my guest, Rebecca. <laughs> thank you, Michelle. And all the very best. It's been lovely. If you thank get you. married, invite me. Yeah? <laughs>
You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon. She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch and please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform and comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.